shooting out sparks over 38 states, the Canadian plains, and the tequila fields of Mexico. A program most deserving of a grand introduction. The Nocturnal Journal. The talk of the town. WGN Radio 720. With your guide, Dave Hoekstra. Daytime turns me off and I don't need maybe. Welcome to Nocturnal Journal on a Saturday night here in Chicago, and um, got a good show for you. In the next hour, we've got live music in the studio from Christine Melody, and we're going to have some students from um, Schurz High School on the northwest side talking about uh, media perception. And in the studio right now are our friends, our good friends, Tony Fitzpatrick. Hey, buddy. Thanks for joining us. It's been a while. You haven't been with us in the new place here. I haven't been here yet? Not with us. Were you on with Kogan in the new place? Or the old place. Yeah, I've been here yeah, with Kogan. Yeah, okay. And artists... You're, you're neglecting me. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been here. You guys have been here, what, six months? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah what am I on? A five, milk carton? Five, 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 Come on. <laughs> and artist who I met at the studio, Yulia Kutznetsova. Yes, correct. Is, is that right? Yeah, it's pretty good. That's pretty I good. For the first time. <laughs> and the show is completely unrehearsed. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And attorney Fiona McEntee. Mac and tea. Okay, I said it's unreheard. So you get the Irish, you get their name yeah. wrong. Believe me, you're going to be in for a fight. So, Yulia, I met you at Tony's studio. Yes, yes. So tell the listeners you're an artist. Yep. And right. how you landed at, at the studio there, on, on North. Would you call that Humble Park or Bucktown? It's East Wicker Park, East Wicker Park or, or West Wicker okay. Park, I think. So tell me about your journey, how you landed there. Yeah, it, it takes place from uh, SASC, the School of the Art Institute, where I graduated from with bachelor degrees in fine arts. And I had a teacher, Mary Lou Zelazny, which is an incredible, uh, absolutely great artist, great, great artist yeah. and human being. And she's a good friend of Tony as well. And uh, one day I came up to her and said... Um, uh, Mary Lou, what can I do? I need, I need, um, you know, I need a place after I graduate, somewhere to stay and work, and um, you know, to be an artist, to pursue my art career as well. And she said, and she said, uh, she knows Tony, and uh, you know, he helps emerging emerging artists. He hires them and uh, gives them opportunities to become artists and uh, to live and work as artists as well. And I came uh, to the studio. Uh, um, you know, after I graduated already, uh, to meet Tony and. Uh, about when was it? It was uh, about two years ago. Okay. Yeah. Two and a half years ago. Now. Two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, and uh, that's how we met the first time, and, and Tony hired me. Um, it's weird really... because I didn't want to hire another uh, another student. I mean, I had three oh. and. Uh, and I thought, you know, I got, I got, I'm paying enough people, you know? It's like, uh, and she kept showing up, and um, I said, all right, you know, look, kid, let me see your work. And then I looked at her work, and I thought, whoa. I've had incredibly gifted kids come through my studio. And she was, without a doubt, head and shoulders, the best who ever worked with me. And... uh Sure enough, I hired her, and uh, two months later, uh, she makes everybody else obsolete. You know, she outworked everyone, and, 
hung in there like a champ and uh I just I just thought, you know, the, 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 this is one of those kids who you're going to remember, you know, 300 years from now, you know. You're from the uh, suburbs of Moscow, right? Yes, correct. And um, what brought you, why did you want to come to, the, to America? It was my uh, long-time parents' dream to visit, to come to America, and, uh, you know... And be a part of it somehow, especially my my father. He was a big believer that uh, it's a country of uh, when, where dreams come true. And uh, I, I may be the one who uh, can help bring him closer to the dream. And, you know, they sold the flats um, to have enough funds to uh, pay my tuition and uh, sponsor my living here while i was yeah she got she got a a a full ride a scholarship but still there had to be money to support her to 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 live here yeah uh while she was in school for five years and her parents sold their apartment what your parents what do your parents do back home my my dad works at an alcohol factory he uh, popular thing in russia <laughs> that's that's why he's the only one who works in a family and supports everybody. He has in, in, enough income to support the whole family. Well, you know, it's it's just a, a normal thing when uh, it's the only the father, the the patriarch of the family who works, and women just do the housework and uh, raise kids. It, it's how my family is. What were your visions when you were growing up? What were your perceptions? What were your visions of America? And how did that jive once you got here? It was nurtured by my dad yeah. uh, with uh, um, romanticism and um, an absolute uh, dream country. And rock and roll. And he loved metal. You know, yeah. he did just like absolutely metal? loved metal. I, I, I was into it a lot. Yeah. Did you like Lemmy? Or is that Motorhead? No. Motorhead, um, oh yeah, Motorhead goes well. You know, the Queen, you know, before <laughs> Lemmy died, the Queen should have knighted him. Yeah. You know, another element is that is that Yulia's parents live in Putin's Russia. Yeah. Which is a, a corrupt cesspool uh, that uh, offers very little in the way of any kind of opportunity for young women. Um, if you're a young woman in, in Moscow, uh you're in exile. Yeah. You know. We gotta take a break for some spots. We're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about the visa procedure, where that stands, and we're gonna to talk to your friend uh, Ira Williams on the phone. And you did some work with him down at his place. So don't go away on Nocturnal Journal on WGN. What I Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN. Boy, there's so much to talk about. I want to talk to Fiona. Fiona McEntee? Hi. Yeah. McEntee. Yes. My, per- my personal hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So real quick, and then we got a, a phone call here, but um, talk about your role in, and what is the O-1B visa, and where does this stand, and, and how you've navigated this? 
So I first met Yulia and Tony actually together. They came in to my office to kind of have a consultation to go over Yulia's situation and see, you know, she was on a student visa and to see what options there would be for her post kind of graduation and, and thereafter. So we kind of went through, it's normally like a process of elimination in terms of visa options figuring out. But I mean, sometimes it's pretty clear that there's one option for people um, and for Yulia, the O1, um, which is for people who have extraordinary ability in various Uh, fields, including art. So the standard's really high. I had seen her um, on on television after the travel ban that... uh, Fiona. Yeah, I'd seen Fiona McEntee. Um, she was one of the first lawyers out at O'Hare the night uh, Tangerine Mussolini uh, decided to <laughs> in, in, initiate that travel ban, that incredibly bigoted, xenophobic, racist travel ban. Uh-huh. And uh, her and uh, a bunch of other lawyers from the ACLU went to the Supreme Court and 13 hours later turned it, had it turned over. And I saw her on television talking. And I said, that's the immigration lawyer we need. That's the one. Um, Yulia had been turned down for an extension on her visa. And uh, and we, we thought... And when we was had, that? When were you turned down? It was about a year ago. Okay. Yeah. We were waiting for it. And we had, we had kind of extraordinary evidence that uh, she'd achieved a great deal. And so my friend Coley Newell... Um, Told me, it was why well, you need Fiona McEntee. She's like she's like a really beautiful pit bull, you know. <laughs> oh my god, um, I've never heard that. I'll gonna, take it. <laughs> she's gonna go after these these bastards and uh, bite on them and never let go. And uh so we went and saw Fiona and her brother and uh they're part of that whole Fort Knox thing up there and uh just amazing uh what what they do for people who want to be Americans and, and, and deserve to be Americans. Fiona, um, in this climate, um, how long have you been doing this? Nearly 12 years. So in this climate, how hard is it to do what you do in the in the world we're living in right now? Oh, God. I mean, sorry for the big, huge sigh, but yeah. I mean, I think um, it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting because every single person who comes into our office has the most amount of anxiety and nerves and these are you know across the board hard-working immigrants yeah. that uh, you know the country was was founded obviously on immigrants and despite we know that we are an immigrant people yeah absolutely. we the people are an immigrant yeah. people so it, you know i just got back from dc la- last week i was there to lobby on capitol hill with a group of immigration lawyers to kind of share our client stories and with you know senator durbin senator duckworth and lots of different um you know just f- from illinois congressmen and, and women here but um yeah i mean it, it's it's hard it's hard because we know that the people that we're fighting for um like tony said um you know should be in this country and it's it's across the board you know you know there's another case to be made that that in, in many many instances the people who are applying for citizenship or for asylum uh very often it, it's us uh, Americans, uh, we the people that are the authors of why they are mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no longer uh, have a country or a home. Yulia, what's your status now? I'm on O one visa, uh, which is uh, for three years. 
and can be also extended for another three years. We're working towards a green card and citizenship. Um, yeah, we're now gathering documentation and evidence uh, to apply for green card. Fiona was just saying people are nervous and about all this right now. Are you nervous? Uh, to be honest, I was uh, extremely nervous before getting uh, my visa extension. I didn't know what uh, awaits me, what would, uh, how how it is going to turn down and you know uh, be for me. And uh, I, I, I had no option of coming back as well. I felt like it's, it's just not going to happen. You've uh, made an effort uh, to get... We've got Ira on the phone. Is Ira on the phone? Hi, Ira. You made an effort to get involved in the community, so I wanted to bring Ira Williams. Ira, Ira are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you for joining us tonight from the Renaissance Collaborative. Um, can you briefly talk about what the Collaborative does and then how you hooked up with Yulia? Yes, the Renaissance Collaborative provides permanent housing for chronically homeless individuals, which is a major need because if you're homeless, the one thing you need really need is a home. And we, in fact, provide that with uh, about 110 units in the old Bronzeville YMCA. A historical, a historical building. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. So then, how Yulia? How did you find them? How did you connect? You did you gave some art to them, or talk about how you connected with them? Ira came down yeah. our studio one day. Ira came to the yes, studio. Yes, he did. Yes, and I, that, someone, one of our artists, had recommended me uh, to Yulia. He said you should check her out. She has some very unique styles. I did some research, saw that she was working with uh, Tony, and I called and made an appointment. Uh, and that was almost about a year ago. And, and sat down with her probably for an hour, hour and a half, had a very, very good first meeting. And at that time, I extended to her the invitation to participate. And basically what we do, we ask artists that are willing to donate part of the proceeds, one of their artworks, towards the programs of TRC to help the homeless. And last year, we had about six artists. And Yulia was the, I probably think, the youngest. And, and the thing that, that excited me about her work, she really connected with young people. We had a youth art contest also that's sponsored by Blick Art. Universally, all the young people were gravitating towards her art. Matter of fact, we made a, a, a deal with her to extend her art to do some posters and cliches as opposed to in addition to the original framework that she uh, donated to us, part of the proceeds. And we're looking forward to doing even more things in the future. What a great story. Wow. Yeah, Ira, uh, make sure you come and see us for uh, for next year's event as well, sir. Oh, I, I'll definitely do that. Is that Tony? Yes, yeah, sir. that's Tony. Oh, oh, are yeah. you? I thought I thought I recognized your voice. <laughs> Let me do. We got to take a break for the news a little bit, but we're. we're I want to talk about your art. I mean, what it looks like. Describe it. I've seen it. I mean, the first thing I saw. I'm not an art critic, <laughs> but the colors. I mean, you do so much with colors and figures and light and stuff. Talk. Tell the listeners what your art looks like and and how Ira and Tony respond to that. Um, in heart, my uh, my subjects and uh, ideas are pretty grim. To be, you know, uh -huh. to be honest, to be frank, 
and uh, it's it's what uh, the most problematic subjects I encounter or uh, leave myself and uh, see around myself uh, or you know bring back from my past I don't know so something like that and I turn it into art and the way the reason I use all these uh, colors is um, um, to uh, rebel, <coughs> rebel against uh, ah, yeah. so like a contrast exactly. yeah, yeah. Exactly. the dying of the light I, I always look at her work and I think uh, this is kind of a, a, a reality for a lot of women around the world. I mean, not just in Moscow or America, or uh, but worldwide. Um, women face this uh, kind of subjugation and this kind of uh, uh, ferocious uh, sexism and, uh, uh, you know, being objectified and her works really kind of opened my eyes, really uh, uh, made me think. Uh, you know, I have a daughter, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it will, it will, it will, you see one of Yulia's pieces, believe me, you know what you're looking at. Yeah. Ira, can you hang, we got to take a break for the news. Can you hang on a little bit? I want to talk a little bit. I have a couple more questions for you. Yes, I, yes, I can. Okay, we're going to take a quick break for uh, David Jennings in the news, and we'll be back after this on WGN. Hundred years or more of slave driving sweat and wealth on my back. This is my country. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN, and we're in the studio with uh, artist, author, rock on tour. Haven't said that in a while. Tony, I know. Tony I Fitzpatrick. Know. And um, artist Yulia Kuznetsova. Yes. Kuznetsova. And, uh, After the show, we go kill Moose and Squirrel. <laughs> On the phone, uh, we have also from the Renaissance Collaborative, Ira Williams, and also in the studio, uh, immigration lawyer, Fiona McEntee. 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 Yeah. You can tell you're not Irish. That's a lot for me to go through there. You can tell you're not Irish. One out of three. Um, so talk about your aspirations, Yulia. Where, where do you want to go with this? Well, with the Renaissance Club, <coughs> uh, I would love to uh, continue participating in it if, as much as I can. Um, if my work does any good in the world at all, that that's what matters, I think. That's what I'm here for. If I can uh, help one person with it, good. You know, if it makes other people feel better, I'm down to it. Ira, you want to respond to that? And then Tony? Well, we definitely are looking for a long-term relationship with uh, with Yulia. Uh, everything she's done so far has been very, very impressive. She came to our art event that we had at the new Sophie Hotel in Hyde Park uh, in December. And everyone who met her was very, very impressed with her and impressed with her art. And the thing about the art that she had donated was it was entitled Serial Number. And the thing about Serial Number, it really ties into the Me Too moment. And a lot of the young ladies there who talked to Yulia expressed that particular thought that at a time of U2, her, her depiction of U2, uh, Me Too, Me Too him. Was, yeah. was through her, her Very art, empowering. Serial Number. Very empowering. 
Tony, what were your dreams when I met you back at the Ovaltine factory? And now, it's timely, you just had uh, one or two pieces at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. Uh, 30. 30. It was yeah. 30. It's, uh, it's just, the show just opened. It's called Play It Loud, and it's about art and rock and roll. And uh, So how many... What, I called Steve Earl up, and I said, hey, can I borrow a couple of the album cover pieces? So Guy and I Towns. I know Guy was there. Yeah, and Guy, Towns, yeah. uh-huh. you know. And he goes, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, so uh, it opened last Friday night, and uh, it was kind of one of the best nights of my life. You know, I mean, the Met, you know, so... I'm going back there Friday because I'm uh, in a film that's in the uh, Tropic of Film Festival. But I'm bringing some more work to uh, the Met because they're, they're getting more things. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's edifying. I mean, I'm 60 years old and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad this is happening while, while Yulia is still with the studio because... Uh, Believe me, I mean, every bit of this will happen for her, you know. Um, I mean, I think part of uh, uh, being able to do this is being able to see yourself in it. Uh And I think she's there. And she also, you know, uh, realizes her larger place in the community, in her new country. You know, (laughs) she goes out of her way to work with... uh, not just, you know, the project that I was involved in, but, you know, we have two galleries that, and she works with all of the new artists who are unnerved and who have not had a show before. And um, she's one of those. Uh, she makes it as much about the community around her as herself. Yulia, how long have you been here overall? Uh, five years. Five years. Mm-hmm. What, have, what have been some of the most important things you've learned about living here? Both personally and artistically. In uh, the art school, I've learned some some technical skills for sure. Uh, how to implement my art knowledge, basically. And uh, the most things I've learned is when I gra- have graduated, that um, it's how to be a better human being. Um, and. Um, not to put ketchup on a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and Yulia, where where do you where do you where do you get the best Italian beef in Chicago? Uh, Elche. <laughs> Johnny's, but you know, okay. Uh, yeah. We're still working on that. <laughs> I can't eat them anymore, so I make her eat them. You know. So right. can, can listeners see your work? Is there a website? I know you, you the show in Austin that's up that's up now for yeah. all our listeners in Austin, Texas. Yes, it's at Yard, Yard Dog. Dog. Yeah, gallery. It's going on, and I'm part of a group show uh, with along with Tony, Nate, Ada, Vera Bosell, and uh, other mar- marvelous artists there. Okay, uh, your your website yeah. address. Yeah, it's um, www.ykuzne.wordpress.com. And we'll put that on the podcast that'll come out this week, too. So Yeah. Do you want to spell that? Um, K-Kuzne? K? It's after www. It's Y-K-U-Z-N-E. Uh, .wordpress.com. Okay. All right. I want to ask... We don't have much time left, but I'm going to ask Fiona, what was your immigration process like? When did you come here? 
It's kind of mirroring the questions I began the segment with. But yeah. With her. So I actually also came here as an international student. Um, I first came here through as an exchange student through my university. I was studying law in Ireland. And I came here, um, I was actually only 20 when I came to go to law school at DePaul for a year. And then I finished that year, went back to Ireland, graduated, and then and then moved back. So I've been here permanently since 2005. 2005. So, yeah. What lessons have you learned in that process that you apply in your job? You know, as as tough as things are at the moment, I know that America is better than the things that we're seeing. And I still believe in this country very much so. And I still believe in the dreams that every single client that comes through the door is fighting for. And I know that the majority of America believes that too. So I think... You know, people are nervous and anxious, but they can take comfort in the fact that there's like a whole army of immigration lawyers that are, you know, like beautiful pit bulls, um, <laughs> not uh, going to back down anytime soon. And we, you know, have respect for the rule of law. And we, and we so I, I still believe in the American dream for the people that are coming here. I think the, I think them more than anybody in the legal community. Uh, I think they realize what kind of constitutional crisis. Uh, there is every single day now with the current administration. What, what exactly has been imperiled? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're on the front lines of it. And, uh, you know, you're, you're finding out with, uh, you know, the, the Mueller report, which, you know, half of that got handed over to the Southern District in New York. You haven't heard the last of that. Believe me, you. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And then this, this clown, this William Barr, you know, redacting everything and... Uh, uh, this is these are the kind of criminals that are in charge right now. So immigration lawyers are absolutely the first line of defense of all of our freedoms. Excellent. Okay, that's it. We got to take a break. Thank you guys all for coming in. It was a wonderful segment. Thanks, thanks for having thanks, us, Tony. Man. Thanks, Tony. Very good. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Ira. Thanks, Yuya. Okay. Thanks, Fiona. See you soon, Ira. Okay. We'll be, back with, we'll be back with our friends from Shures High School after this on WGN. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear a word they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. People stop. Okie dokie. Welcome to Nocturnal Journal on WGN. This may be the most people we've had in, in the studio since we've been in the new place, but um, this is an event that was, I guess, coordinated by Public Narrative. Yes. Uh, so we have, uh, I'm just going to have people introduce themselves, but Jamira Alexander, you're Jamira. Co Jamira, and you're co-president yes. of Public Narrative, and we have students from Shures High School, and this was on March 26th, I have in my notes, you guys had a panel. Uh, with other journalists, mm -hmm. I came out there. Mm -hmm. So tell me how that all got started, why that happened. And then we've got some students to talk about, in their own words, yes. why we why we did this. Yes, so myself and uh, my co-president, Susie Schultz, we participated in a panel at um, Strengthening Chicago's Youth and got an opportunity to meet Catherine Moran, who um, introduced herself after the event and reached out to say that, you know, the panel that Susie and I were a part of was basically to talk about media's impact on um, violence here in Chicago. And Catherine was interested in bringing that very talk to the school. 
Um, so we connected and talked through what would that even look like. Um, prepped the students to really talk about some of their ideas behind how their school is framed in the media. What do they want to see different about it? Um, and then just really like what are next steps? What steps can they take? And so we were able to use this as an opportunity to really educate them on media literacy, news literacy. Um, and Catherine has just been phenomenal. She and Dee have been just phenomenal in um, coordinating with the school and allowed us to come out and have some dialogue with the students. Okay, before we get to Catherine, talk about what Public Narrative does. Yes, absolutely. So Public Narrative, we are an organization, a 30-year organization that works with journalists and community organizations to help both understand each other better. Um, We consider ourselves like matchmakers between journalists and community um, to help journalists tell the story better, help community understand the story that is then told. Um, So this was just an ideal um, event to, to really host for for the school and Catherine yes. thanks for thanks for coming down well, thanks for inviting me <laughs> um, so t- how'd you find public narrative and then how'd you put the wheels in motion for this um, I uh, was at a Lori hospital children's event strengthening strengthening youth mm-hmm. um, and I was um, helping host uh, the educational uh, discussion at this event and um, one of the things that kept coming up was how do we keep the discussion going and how do we get this in the schools and how do we um, connect with students so I had just walked up to Jamera and I said you know what I have a perfect high school (laughs) and maybe we can work something out here and um, continue the discussion and loop students in and get their voice Mm -hmm. because these kids know more than most people realize and I would like to see students get more um, coverage and have their voices heard more than they are you know nowadays (laughs) does that make sense (laughs) absolutely okay and I was impressed Um, I was there I want to say maybe there were at least 40 students there that day March 26th was it I remember it yeah there's so many things I took away from listening to you guys. I'm going to have you talk about it. Just introduce yourselves as you talk before you start talking. But um, ownership and pride and, and how your school and your neighborhood is portrayed in the media. That's about four questions in one. But who wants to start with that? And we can break it down. Yeah, go ahead. And say who you are. All right. Um, do I introduce myself first? Yeah. Introduce right. yeah. My name is Ricardo Solano, and uh, I'm a senior at um, Carl Scherz High School. And... Yeah, and talk about the image of your school and why you wanted to participate in this. Well, I mean, I just want to show, like, the true colors that the school offers. I mean, it's, it's like, it offers a lot of things. And in my opinion, it's like, we get the wrong idea of when they hear Shures High School. I know we had a bad reputation, but um, within my four years, I've kind of learned a lot. You know, I came from a hard background. Um, Like, I was, you know, I'm going to be honest, I was, like, kind of a... Uh, hard-headed and I didn't really like you know when I heard of high school it was like full around here and there but like the um the staff and and then the things that the school like the opportunities they gave me like sports and these clubs I've took advantage of it like you know I've done all these things and it kind of made me a new person you know and it's like I don't know how I can you know I like to thank everyone that did it and um I don't know how to say it but like uh it kind of like shows what what type of school they are, you know. It's not a school where it's like just for the education, you know. They want you to become successful. They want you to like be the type of person you want to well, be. Well rounded, yeah, yeah well rounded, right, yeah. yeah. Was there an incident on February twenty fifth, two thousand nineteen? Was it was that 
a galvanizing thing for this. Talk about what happened then, and did that did that take this to another level for you guys? Well, I mean, it kind of what happened. Um, was it like the the issue that? No, there was a shooting. shooting. Yeah, the yeah, shooting. no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, Emmanuel. Like it was, it was, it was hard. Cause I mean, yeah, it's it's like, you know, he was a uh, he was a kid. He was just like us, you know. And it's like, um, you know, it it was hard because it's like, what if it was us, you know? And it, it was like scary, cause we we worried about their school, and then it's like, you know, we, we were like a, how can I say, we, we care about each other. How far was that from campus? Um, from the shooting, like yeah, that th that occurred. Um. Well, because I work at the, you know, Mariano's Cuban restaurant, and it was, like, five minutes away from, like, real, literally, it's, like, where intrinsic area there is. Not when I say intrinsic, but, I mean, more, like, around um, Pulaski and uh, Belmont. Yeah. And how did you guys feel that was portrayed in the media? This I is mean, stuff I heard at the Yeah, at the yeah. Panel. I mean, like, I'd say, like, give more information about where the area and the community land on, like, the incident landed on, more, like, leave where the air, like, you know, schools or, like, you know... Because, I mean, like, they got nothing to do with it, you know? It, it, it's something that happened outside of the school. Not near... Like, not within the school, because, I mean, it, it'd be a whole different thing. And I feel like it sets off a wrong idea of, like, you know, throwing out a school... Like, our school. And there was a whole picture of a whole different school. And it's like... It wasn't even near the area, you know? I thought it was real interesting. One exercise, uh, Jemira, when you asked, they went around the room and asked, uh, and we'll do it right now, where you guys uh, get your media, where you get the news. Mm -hmm. And, of course, radio was <laughs> radio was one. I don't know. It was Nocturnal Journal. But, yeah, so talk about, we'll go, say who you, your name and then where you get, where you get your news sources. Uh, I'm Lola Marchese, and I get my news sources from a um, bunch of places like ABC News, WGN, CNN, all sorts of places. Same thing, name and oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Say I mean, your name again. Oh okay, I'm sorry. Um, Ricardo Solano, yeah. and uh, yeah, I get my news sources from everywhere, from like social media, WGN, Fox. I mean, not really Fox, but like um, you know, ABC News, like well reliable sources where I can, you know, kind of trust. Same thing. Hi, my name is Alexis, and um, I get my news from. Oh, well, I didn't say my last name, did I? Uh, Alexis Carrasco. I get my news from uh, Univision, uh, ABC, Twitter, just anywhere I could get my news from. So okay. I could get informed. My name is Julian Sansa. I usually get my news from social media as well, WGN, CNN, any alerts I get on my iPhone. That's very oh, that's good. <laughs> so, Jemaya, do you talk to them? Do you, talk to, uh, do you do this to other schools? I don't know the answer to that. Or is this... A, is this a new thing or so this is a new thing for us at public narrative um initially i started a, a program called hashtags and handles and working with youth to teach them how to protect their digital footprint and as a way of expanding that um that project we once catherine came to us like this is ideal for this to really like loop in uh news literacy with media literacy um and so we're talking actually with cps about expanding this across uh the district okay we're gonna take a break i'm gonna keep you guys um after uh the, the 10 o'clock news already wow and um i want to talk something to think about is uh, how to hold journalists accountable and how to hold community members accountable mm -hmm. so we can talk about that when we get back so don't go away on nocturnal journal on wgn <laughs>
Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on uh, WGN. That's Yo-Yo Ma when he was at Carl Schur's high school two years ago. Yep. And uh, D, D Barrett, you were there? Yes, yes Just talk was. a little bit about... Uh, sure. Yeah, he we played were, there. He did. He actually came and spent the entire day at the school with the students, um, working with the orchestra, with the band. And then there was a concert, a culminating concert at the end of the day um, by the Civic Orchestra, I believe. And he thoroughly enjoyed himself so much at the school that they had to hold the curtain at the CSO for his performance that night because he was late. No. So it was it was a beautiful thing to hear. You guys probably weren't there. That was two. How many of you? How many of you were there? What was that like? And say who you are again. Julian Santa. Yeah. It, uh, it was pretty nice. It was like uh, us students, we don't listen to that type of music. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> it's First the, time we played him on the station. It's just the way, he looked like he had fun. I had no idea who he was until I researched him and what type of person he was and what type of like music he studied and how he orchestrates it. So it was like pretty interesting. I got to witness somebody who was very famous for that type of music style and not knowing who he was, I enjoyed myself. Watching. Let me say something. Um, you know, you don't have to have been there and understand some of the things he says and, and how he's still in the news. He played a concert just this week uh, at the U.S.-Mexico border in Laredo, you know, and he urging the people who came to that concert not to build walls. And he talked about, I'm going to get into your life at school. He told the people who came to that concert, uh, you know, that he's lived his entire life at the borders and between cultures. What do you see that at your school? What's it like at your school to live in that type of world and 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 know people who are different than you? And don't all answer at once. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take that, Lola? You... Um, I don't know if I know how to answer that one. Uh-huh. Uh I I can answer it. For okay. You. <laughs> okay. So, Lola's my daughter. And um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah putting her in Shures, a lot of people gave me a hard time because they're like, "Why would you put her at Shures?" Because it's there's a rumor. It's I mean, it's got the perception of being a gang-infested school, which is not true. And she is Caucasian, and a lot of the there's uh, Hispanics, African Americans, and people were like, "You're you're putting her into a situation which she's not going to be able to adjust to," and. She's come out just fine, and she's made friends and realized that nobody's different than her, and she's had a really good time at the school. So, it's it's you know she's she's gonna, she's had a cultural um, eye opening experience. I've, I've, yeah, yeah, I've always had that. Yeah. But, uh, majority of the schools that I've grew up in, I've never I've never grown up in an all white school like that. Just wasn't. I mean, I don't even know if I switched over to a school. I don't even know how I would adjust to that now, knowing that. I, I like being around diversity. I'm very, I'm very open with so many people, and I love, I love a majority of the people at my school. And it's, it's nice to, ha- it's nice to have diversity. Do you see that, Jemima, in your, um, in, in the work you do? And, Absolutely. And, um, we, we celebrate all ethnicities. So one of the projects that our hashtags and handles project falls under is our ethnic and community media project. And that's one where we're working with uh, journalists who write for uh, Polish speaking communities, Korean speaking communities, um, African-Americans, um, Hispanic Americans, we Asian Americans. We are really um, a diverse organization because we all reflect the public narrative. So to be able to initiate something like 
like this at a school as diverse as she as shores was really really special um we we stand but we stand behind the concept of you know we all occupy public space you know and and our age doesn't separate us. Our nationalities don't separate us. Um, our belief systems don't necessarily separate us. Uh, we have to find a way of finding common ground. And in doing so, you know, it comes with conversations. It comes with storytelling. It comes with understanding the backgrounds and our different experiences and really being able to celebrate those. I teased uh, before the break about the two questions I wanted to ask you guys. And I think we talked about this at the panel when I was there. Is How do you hold journalists accountable? And again, you've guys got first firsthand experience of the things that have happened with you. And then, how do you hold your neighbors and the community members accountable? Do you want to do you want to tackle that? Uh, well, I think. And you're introduce uh, yourself again. Yeah, my name is Alexis Carrasco. Yeah. And um, well, honestly, I think that uh, holding journalists accountable, uh, like from what we learned from our experience with right. uh, through the little interview and the uh, story we had with them um we can't always hold them accountable but when we can it's what makes we got to make sure that we make a difference through what we're trying to tell them we can't just automatically demand stuff from them or assume bad from them we have to realize that they don't always get the information and they try the best to bring us the information that we need to know to understand what's going on with the stories but at the same time uh I feel like maybe they should just take a little bit more time to like realize what's going on because uh, as I mentioned in the last time um, they were showing pictures of a whole different school intrinsic on uh, Belmont but they were saying sure it didn't make sense for them to show pictures of intrinsic and then blame sure it yeah. kind of didn't make sense for us yeah I was very impressed and uh, we can talk about this um the ownership and the pride. You, I mean, I went through high school, but the ownership and, and the pride I saw that day. Can you talk? Where does that come from? I mean, that, that, I was really impressed with the turnout and the way you articulated your feelings and stuff. That was. That's why I wanted to do this segment. Um, I think it just comes from our experience and what we do for this school. Um, we each do something for the school. Uh, Julian, uh, football team, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ricardo, uh, me and him both, we do student council. Uh, everything everything yeah <laughs> we do everything as, as much as we can we do um well rotc well yeah. one of us yeah. did before um i've been i've been doing student council for four years i'm grateful uh that it's changed me so much i've gone from just some random kid who wouldn't care about the school to like i care about this school a lot like i really do i mean these four years changed me a lot and i'm thankful for all the opportunities that it's given me the fact that it's given me the chance to be here too Talk about the animal rescue stuff. Oh, yeah. I thought I was impressed with that. <laughs> yeah, so um, a, not too long ago, it was back in uh, December, I took um, a couple of my fellow classmates to uh, down to CACC, the animal shelter in the city of Chicago. And we were able to do um, reading with dogs. And we were able to get students to connect with animals and teach compassion and find that connection, especially with shelter animals, because they are neglected. These dogs are thrown into these pounds. And for us to go down, we were able to realize, um, able to get a sense of like, realizing like, oh, we need to connect with these things. We need to realize what's going on in our city. And by working with animals, you're able to develop feelings and compassion for creatures that 
are not living in ideal situations right now. Okay, we're going to take a break. We talked about the, the media and the way the media is portrayed. Do any of you ever want to be in the media? Would you like, would you like to do radio someday? Yeah. Okay, so to hang around the studio. We're going to bring in our next guests, and um, you can, uh, we can interview them together, okay? All right. So don't go away on Nocturnal Journal on WGN. So welcome back to Nocturnal Journal. We have our students from Scherz. You're still going to hang around. And our first, our next guest, actually, is, um, say who you are. Hi, I'm Christine Melody. Christine Melody. And I saw you, I think it was open mic at Fitzgerald's yeah. a couple months ago. Yeah, it was. And you were just, you, how long have you been doing that? You come up to Fitzgerald's and... I've and been playing at Fitzgerald's since I was 19. I'm 25 now, so it's been a solid minute. <laughs> <laughs> and... So talk about your entrance into music. I mean, how long you been playing music? Um, uh, I've been playing since I was 14, so it's it's been a, a, a long time. And your genre kind of goes across the board. Yeah, I would say I'm like genre fluid because I just, I like music, so I just play whatever I want. Now, what I heard at Fitzgerald's was a little um, little folk, a little pop. Yeah. What else? Country? So, I mean, yeah. it's, it is. It's across the board. Yeah. And... Um, so where are you from? You're from uh, yeah, I'm from Chicago, the South Side, over there. <laughs> <laughs> over there. Now, how'd you find Fitzgerald's? Um, actually, my parents, you know, told me that it was an open mic over there. So I was like, okay, let's go check it out. And you no, know, I've been going there ever since. And your parents are in the studio. Yes, Where'd they, they go? are. Oh, they're over oh, there. Yeah. There's one and right what are their there. names? Uh, that's. Chris and Sam. <laughs> okay. Well, it's weird saying like their first name. <laughs> well, the reason I asked that was there music around the house when yeah, you were growing up. Yeah, like, lots of music. What kind of music? Oh goodness. Um, Dave Matthews Band. Uh, I don't know. Like it was just they just played like so many different genres of music. Like I'm just not really good with names, but it was a lot of jazz, a lot of country, a lot of r&b hip-hop whatnot and um are you, are you ready to maybe do a song do you want to do you want to play your first song so yeah. talk introduce the song um this one is and called... then i'm gonna have the students react <laughs> <laughs> okay. this one's called seven seas and it's basically uh get a, like a mantra saying i'm going new places i'm going to meet new people and you know i wrote the song because someone a long time ago told me that my dreams of being a singer-songwriter weren't tangible or realistic so that's the deal do you guys any anybody here want to be a singer-songwriter yeah. you do yeah okay <laughs> i know okay so let's uh, let's hear this seven c's Thank you. 
Melody. Very, very nice. Thank you. You know, um, thanks, Dan. As uh, listeners of the show will know, um, regular listeners, the show is um, not, not scripted, but I did have this question for the, uh, for the students, and it kind of ties into the song you just did. And you're, how old are you? 25? Yeah, I'm 25. So, I mean, you guys are all... But what about the world of, and this is for everybody in the room, the world of possibility, that's kind of the world of possibility you're living in, the opportunities you have. Do you feel that? Do you see that? And you can talk about that, and then maybe you can respond to that. Well, I mean, like, the, the possibilities are endless. As long as you have the mindset of it, of what you want to do, what you want to be, and have the right, you know, mentality of, like, you know, commitment, um, discipline, you know, and just have fun with it, you know? I feel like with those things, um, you can go anywhere with it. Yeah. Patience, yeah. patience. Yeah, yeah. I have like this rule of uh, the three P's that I live by: patience, practice, and persistence. You know, if as long as you have that, you can like do anything in life. So, yeah. I mean, I you know, I don't know if it was just uh, the idea. How how often do you go to Fitzgerald's for open mic? I mean, you were playing. There was a. It was yeah. like what was it? It was like uh, Mardi Gras or something. It was crazy. Yeah, it, was it was crazy, crazy in the other room. So I went to the bar to because it's yeah, quieter. It was, it, was, it was weird. Cause actually, I wasn't gonna 
calm that night because I wasn't feeling good. But then I was like, you know, I'm just going to go and just, you know, see what's going on. Then I met you and then this happened. So, yeah. Um, I mean, what's it like, though? That, that you drive up there? How do you get up there? I uh, drive. You drive up yeah. there and it's sometimes. It's only like a 30-minute trip. You told me you were by Midway? Yes. Yeah. And, um. So what's it like with an audience? I mean, sometimes the audience isn't listening. Sometimes they're talking. Um, you know, what, uh, how do you how do you capture an audience? I just sing and they listen. I yeah. guess it's just how it is. But a lot of you know the time at Fitzgerald's, it's more of a listening room anyway. So they tell people just to keep the talking to like a minimum, or just be quiet and just listen. So yeah, it's a very music friendly yeah. venue place. Yeah. Um, what other venues have you played? The Elbow Room? Yeah, I played the Elbow Room, uh, Gallery Cabaret. Um, I'm just I'm blanking out because it's been. I saw the, well. I saw your notes. The store. Oh yeah, the store. It's the like, store. It's yeah. It's called the store, <laughs> but it's kind of yeah. up north. Uh, over there, maybe my dad knows the address. But there used to be I'm, a store, but that was like a five a.m. bar. That's not that store, right? <laughs> No, <laughs> it's just called the store. It's over in Lincoln Park. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and you have a record coming out. You're working. Yeah, on I a have record? two records that I'm working on. One of them is called Monologue of a Dead Girl's Broken Heart, and that's just a you know five song EP that I wrote based off of a TV show that I was inspired by. And the other one's called The Long Wait, and that's just basically you know my journey of being in the music industry. And after the news, you're going to do a couple of those songs. Yes. What high school? What high school did you go to? Swinging high school. I went to Chicago High School for Agriculture and Sciences, where I was studying to be a veterinarian. But you know, music kind of took over for wow. me. Wow. You should talk to Lola. You guys got to get together yeah. with, the, with the animals. Yeah, I love animals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, so, what else? Do you play anything else? Do you just play guitar? Uh, I play a little bit of piano, but I never really play in front of people because I'm just. It's not that good. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, what advice would you give them as they go th as they go through the high school? Uh, stay true to yourself. You know, listen to your gut. Uh, believe in your heart, and just you know, just have faith and believe. You know, you'll be all right. <laughs> okay, we're gonna take a break for David Jennings and the news, and then we're gonna come back. Do you have any? And do you guys have some questions for her when we come back? Think about it. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, we'll be back with more on Nocturnal Journal on WGN. Can you love me? 
judge me for who I am Look on the inside, the inside of me You see, we're all the same We're all human beings And our hearts be the same Cause I am not just the surface of my skin For who I am It's on the inside of me So can you love me? Or can you love me skin Christine Melody. Thank Boy, you. Boy, that's <laughs> Thank you. very, very, very good. You guys must be really proud of her. Boy. <laughs> and uh, they were your roadies tonight. Your dad yeah, was bringing in they, your They guitar. go with me everywhere, all my gigs, everything. Number one fans. Wow. So talk about, first of all, talk about that song, um, the genesis of that song, and why you wanted to do it with the students in the room. Uh, Well, I wrote Skin Deep a long time ago, I think, when I was... 17 i believe and i had wrote it based off of you know watching the news and seeing the shooting of trayvon martin and it just upset me so much so i just wanted to explain to people like look beyond the surface of someone's skin and just get to know them on the inside and i think people forget at the end of the day that we all bleed the same blood and that we're all human so you know just love one another Wow, you know, um, so it's a sensitive, I mean, we heard it. Yeah. Why wasn't it more an angry song? You're hearing a lot of anger in, uh, in music, you know. Yeah. How'd you take that route? I'm just, I just wanted to come off as being gentle and mellow and coming from a place of love and not hate. And you wanted the students yes. to hear it. Yes. So what did you, what'd you guys uh, think of it? And don't beat. Yeah. That's a pretty good song. Okay. I actually, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, like, um, yeah, uh, Nocturnal Journal is the name of the uh, show, right? Yeah. So, I mean, right. it, it kind of goes with this, like, a nighttime theme, and it, I like it a lot. It's yeah. a nice and gentle song. Yeah. It's very powerful stuff. Yeah. I had a question for you because I, as you play these songs, 
you really do come from a place in your heart that you can show that you do have a passion for music. And I guess for me, because I know that you're older than me now, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I've struggled finding what I want to do with my life, and I'm about to be 17, about to be a senior in high school, mm -hmm. and I still don't know what I want to do, but yeah. I know how you said you were going to be a veteran, a veterinarian, and then switch into music. Like, yeah. How did you go from that to that? Like, where was that? Where, where did you, where were you able to find your passion? Um, I just, you know, just had to have a talk with myself and just, did I really love music and like how much was I willing to like invest in it and how far was I willing to go with it? And, you know, I just wanted to, you know, I was thinking to myself, am I going to be happy at the end of the day? And with music, I'm happy with, you know, what I'm doing now. So. Yeah. yeah, you just gotta. You just it takes time. You you yeah. have like your whole life ahead of you. It's all right. Yeah. Jemira yeah. yeah. Alexander, mm -hmm. thanks for hanging in. Yes, no problem. Um, you know, I wanted to talk, and one thing we try to do on this show is listen well. Um, and you know, I know you've got a long experience as a journalist, and we were talking about journalism skills and stuff. How how important is it? Uh, journalists to listen to each other, and neighbors listen to each mm -hmm. other, and that song made me think of that too. Yeah. So talk about the skills of listening. Yeah. And are people as good as it now as they used to be? You know, I, I think we're not as good at listening as we think we are. Um, a lot of times we hear what people are saying but we're not necessarily listening because we're listening to respond instead of listening to understand and that's where where i find that if you listen to understand you can understand what's being communicated as opposed to feeding into um any disagreements and that sort of thing but listening to what's not being said and looking for ways to address that to come with some type of resolution. And I find that the good journalists are the ones who get that skill perfected. And you find that in their pieces, in their stories, in their work, day in, day out. You know, they're very adamant about that and having credible sources and having relationships with folks. Um, that's one of the things that I really heard in, um, in Catherine reaching out and having the news literacy uh, panel at Shures that we want to be heard you know as a school in listening to christine's song i want to be heard i want you to understand me i want you to listen to who i am at every layer of who i am and i find that that's what we need more of yeah we gotta we, we gotta take a break um you know i, I want to talk about the, the rapid pace of news coming at you but we did this segment last week on uh, chicago cops and mental health and the one thing they said this is i've, I've thought about this all week is they're trying to teach everybody it's it's hard but teach everybody to kind of slow down Cop, mm -hmm. everybody's got to slow down mm -hmm. slow down a little bit you mm -hmm. know so this is great you got another song yeah I have one. You got yeah, some more questions <laughs> so this is uh, good stuff so don't go away with christine melody on wgn Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGM with uh, singer-songwriter uh, Christine Melody. Uh, talk about where people can find you. This is quite a discovery. That's yeah. what I like doing the shows when you can turn people on and yeah, new I'm things. Yeah, just flying underneath the radar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me at christinemelody.com. That has like all my social media and information on there. That's the easiest way to you know find me and everything you want to know about me. You want to stalk me? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you never know who's listening. Um, so. uh, um, and you got some shows coming up? Yeah, one I'm, I'm playing uh, at a place called A Cup of Joe next Friday, April 26th at 7 p.m. 
6806 West Archer Avenue, I believe. That's the address. Wow. So yeah. what neighborhood is that? I don't know. I've never been over there. They contacted me uh, <laughs> through Facebook. Did they really? Yeah. Did they really? Is there like are there venues around your house? And you always have to go up north. Yeah, I always have to go up north for venues. Is there stuff around Shures where people can hear music or coffee shops or anything? Yeah. We'll make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are. So well, um, you you'll be surprised. I mean, if if well, it involves the school, I mean, we could put anything like any event. Like, because for example, me, I I put a lot of events for the school, and uh, I get the community involved, and I do my like my best to like. You know, have people try something new, you know? And so, yeah, we're, we're more than welcome to have you come to Shares. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, have you done that? You do? Um, besides Yo-Yo Ma. I mean, uh, besides Yo-Yo Ma, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. But we'd like to try something new, you know? You can use Yo-Yo Ma I mean, as your opening act. Um, <laughs> I love Yo-Yo yeah. Ma. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, we in May 1st, we have this uh, Maker's Fair. And um, we'd like, you know, if, if, if anything, I mean, it's May 1st. And the entire community gets involved. And there's a lot of things going on. And yeah. Huh? May oh, May 4th. May 4th. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the blood drive that we have in that <laughs> yeah. school. That's May 1st. Okay, May 4th is um, our Maker's Fair. And uh, th that's a lot of things that are... Like, like, you know, the community gets involved. There's a lot of things going on, you know. And then it'd be, you know, from, like, um, how can I say? Um, from, like, animals to... Uh, yeah, what is a Maker's Fair? Maker's Fair? I don't know if um, you'd want to... Yeah, sure. So um, the Maker's Fair, from the perspective of if you, um, if you have something to share that you can teach other people how to do, you're a maker. So you make music, you can teach other people to make music, and that would be what your project would be for the day. So if you bring maracas and all kinds of other instruments and you let the children play along with you, you're teaching them how to make music. So the idea is that anybody can be a maker. Um, for instance, I'm, I'm going to have a bunch of kids making um, lightsabers that day because it's May 4th. So I see. Obviously, <laughs> that's what we're going to do. So it's basically what you're passionate about and what you can teach other people how to make the way that you make it. And it's a, every year. I didn't ask. Uh, what's the student population at Shures? How big is this? Uh, 1,700. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere in the realm of 1,600. 1,600. Right around there. It's a magical night because, uh, Christine, you're wearing the Shures colors on your hair. <laughs> I, I love purple. It's, it's yeah. my, my thing. <laughs> so, um, it's great. I mean, so what's the status of your record? And I mean, is it, I mean, people got to hear this stuff. Yeah. So, um, um, are you doing GoFundMe? I mean, how do you find a producer? Uh, I mean, what, what are you doing? GoFundMe is like, yeah, I use GoFundMe for like crowdfunding to help make this thing into reality. Um, the Long Wait is about, like, a 15-song album, but that won't come out probably until, like, next year. And Monologue of Dead Girl's Broken Heart is just, you know, just a small five-song EP with extra surprises in it. I don't want to, like, give too many details away, but, you know, it's. I think it's a good album considering that I wrote, like, all those songs within 48 hours, so... For a, a songwriter challenge that I did back in January. Oh, songwriter challenge. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. You were telling the students um, during the break. Is there a YouTube thing you can? Yeah, there. You can find me on YouTube under Christine Melody. Instagram is 
Christine Melody as well, but it's spelled C Y R A S M E L O. But you know, if you just go on my website, you can just find everything you want to know. Okay, we're gonna uh, play out uh, with the song. Thank you guys all from Public Narrative for coming in. Thanks so Thanks much. Thank you, uh, the Scherzer students. You. you guys are great. Yeah, Don't be strangers. No, we won't. Okay. You got a great campus too. It's oh, really, yeah. really, really nice. So, um, why don't you set up the song? It's great because you're kind of rolling with the flow yeah, here. You're, you're picking, you're picking what, songs yeah. based on yeah. what we're talking about. So, talk about this song and why you why you want to. Um, play. you had mentioned something about mental health earlier, and I was like, I kind of have a song about mental health. And "Honest" is a song that I wrote, you know, after years of not writing and just you know being out of the music scene. And, uh, yeah, I was just being honest with myself and saying, hey, this is where I am in my life, and it's okay not to be okay sometimes. Like, you need to let yourself feel in order to heal. That makes sense. Wow. Now, um, to go from pen to paper on that, across that bridge, is that was that hard for you? Uh, no. I was yeah. just, just, just completely, totally honest and just spilled my guts out. And it's called Honest? Yes. Honest with uh, Christine Melody. I've been driving down this dirt road for days I've been praying to the Lord to show me the way Cause if I'm being honest with myself I know I haven't been quite myself It's been a long day and I'm tired It's been a long day, oh I'm tired It's been a long journey from where I've been It's been a long day for me I've been traveling with a painter to find myself They've been showing me all the colors to myself And I'd be lying if I said I love myself right now So I've been traveling with a painter to learn how Oh, I've been traveling with the painter to learn how to love within. Oh, I've been traveling with the painter to learn how to love again. Like I'm dying 
And some days I feel like crying And some days I feel like dying I'm just being honest With myself right now I'm just being honest This is me Showing myself I'm just being honest With myself right now Cause when I say I'm okay I'm really not okay And that's quite alright And I feel like crying Till the morning light I said I feel like crying That's quite all